Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 42 of Cinnamon Rogues. I almost said Cinnamon Rogues. I thought you did. Uh, I might have. We'll have to go back and check the recording on that one. Oh, well. It's uh, well, it'd be instant replay sort of situation. Doing it live. Um, yeah, doing it live. As always, I, not as always, as half the time, um, I'm your host, Guy, today, uh, and I'm joined by Andrew, who you heard a moment ago. That's me. Yay. I'm Andrew. Um, go check out Board Game Barbarian, Sightale Studios, and Retro Warriors. Just do it. Yeah, getting it all out of the way real quick. Well, I kind of assume some of our listeners, especially the ones checking out the Spielberg episode, are people who have been listening to the show for a while. It doesn't really seem like one that people are going to go search out, per se. You don't know that. They could. Somebody they could. could be they wondering. Might. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, let's, uh, I guess for, for, for our regular listeners, uh, this episode's going to be a little different than, than our normal episode, simply because we're not talking about a movie, we're talking about a person. Um, and, uh, we're not doing any news. So before we get into the topic should be pretty short. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess since the last time that we recorded, it's, it's been almost three weeks. Um, I was procrastinating for a long time cause I just didn't know how to structure this episode at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I went and saw Hamilton on Saturday. Nice. What'd you think? I was, it was great. The third time I've seen it in person. Oh, okay. Um, the first two times were in Chicago. I, I got to go see it the I think the second week after it premiered in Chicago, which is the first place it opened a uh it's the first place it opened outside of New York, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really fun. Uh seeing it back then and then um went back a year later for, for a work conference that's every October or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's an industry conference. And uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to go see it again. Why not? I got an evening off. Um, and then, I don't know, tell me if you can spot the theme here. I've also seen Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay. The musical about Jonathan Larson. I guess Jonathan Larson wrote it before he died. Yeah. Um, and that was really good. I watched Encanto. Yeah. Yeah, that's that pretty good. Um, and I watched In the Heights. There you go. Can you tell me what all four of those have in common? Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. There you go. I have been Lin-Manuel miranda my life over the past few days. Yep. Sounds like it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, it's funny too, like. I don't know. I, I think I've said before on the show that Lin-Manuel Miranda movies and musicals just sound like Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah. movies and musicals. He's got a very particular style, uh, which I love. Like, that's not a knock at all. Um, well, and Tick, Tick, Boom was a little different because he just directed it. Like, yeah. It was, you know, again, composed and, and, and written by, by Jonathan Larson, but um uh yeah so i don't know in the heights was was really good it was better than i kind of expected it to be um and i don't know why i had low expectations of it other than it just it didn't do well in the theaters i only got about halfway through it and then it went off of hbo max and i didn't get to watch it so i need to when it comes back to hbo max i need to finish it and actually watch the whole thing 
Yeah. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max. That's where I watched it. Oh, is it? It's back on? Okay. Well, then I'll go back and back maybe watch it. Um, and then I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. How was that? Uh, you know what? It was, it was really good. I think uh, the end of the movie, if there's going to be any kind of pushback from, from people who watch it, I think it'll be the end of the movie, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but the entirety of the movie was entertaining. I thought it was well done. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the premise of the movie is that, uh, you know, Egon has, has died and yeah. his family inherits his farm or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way that they, they sort of did that and led into that story was really well done and super clever. Um, and, and, and that led into the rest of the movie being, being, being pretty well done. Um, the, the, the big sort of, I guess, ghost threat that they're dealing with is, is, um, uh, related to the first movie. I guess I'll say that. Okay. Um, so I don't know. It was just really nice. You know, there, uh, it was one of those things like, like the Spider-Man movie where things that you kind of hoped would happen within the movie did, Yeah. you know, just based on expectations of the franchise. And so, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Nice. What about you? What have you been doing? Uh, I also watched Encanto. Um, I thought it was an all right movie. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I I kind of glossed over it because I knew we were going to talk about it here. But Encanto, the music was great. Uh, the animation was really pretty. Uh, the characters were diverse and that's that's not it's not a co-word to say that they were hispanic it's just the within the the you know i guess it's colombian um uh society the the characters were were varied and 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 different which yeah it was nice i don't remember any uh, of the music uh, oh man, dude, I, I love, we don't talk about Bruno and the song that, um, the, the strong lady sang. I thought that was a really good song too. I think you mentioning, we don't talk about Bruno. I can think of the, like the melody for it, mm-hmm. but I don't remember the strong lady's song at all. I don't remember any of the music from that, <laughs> from that oh, sh- wow. movie, like nothing. Uh, my, my issue with, with Encanto was simply that nothing happened in the movie. Yeah. Like I like part of me wants to do an episode about it cuz you know we 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 tend to do Disney Pixar movies. Right. Uh, Disney and or Pixar movies. But uh it's just it, it I don't know, it's, it's the same problem I had with Guardians of the Galaxy too, right? Like if you break it down, really all that happens in Guardians of the Galaxy is they get separated. Uh Peter hangs out on Ego for a little bit. And then he blows up ego and that's about it. Right. Like, yeah. Um, you know, same thing with, uh, I, I think return of the Jedi or not return of the Jedi empire strikes back. I like that movie, but at the end of the day, they evacuate Hoth and then they go to cloud city and that's about it. <laughs> like, you know, and in, and in, and in Kanto, like, I, I guess spoilers, if, if you haven't seen it, like, there's 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 a central conflict in that um you know that the house is in danger but they didn't do anything to fix the house necessarily they just rebuilt it after it broke 
And there wasn't any kind of like adventure that anybody had to go on to do it. They just sort of decided to 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 act like a family, and that's that's it. And I, I don't know. It was, it was just really underwhelming in that sense. Yeah. Um, I then watched the Nicolas Cage movie Pig. Oh yeah, how was that? It was it was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, was he, did he go like super psycho Nicolas Cage or no it was, was very res- kind of subdued very reserved Nicolas Cage um, but it was a yeah it was a good good time it held my attention uh, and then I, I rewatched Moonrise Kingdom uh, uh, which one is that that is the uh, Wes Anderson movie about the uh, kids on an island, basically. Oh, okay. Precocious, uh, more precocious children on an island. Ah, so Lord of the Fliesy. No, it's just these two kids that like leave. One of them runs away from home, and one of them runs away from their like Boy Scouts camp, and they like hang out in the woods and fall in love. Oh, sounds sounds exciting. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty good movie. I would recommend it if you are not averse to Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, well, then, I guess let's get into today's topic. Uh, today, we're talking about Steven Spielberg um, or or his Latin counterpart, Senior <laughs> Spielbergo. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no, this is a Simpsons joke. Oh, okay. Do you remember that? Do you remember the episode where they had a film festival in The Simpsons? I have not seen a lot of The Simpsons. I've seen. Oh. There's, uh, there's a lot of Simpsons to watch, and I have seen like maybe 20%. Oh, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> there's an episode <laughs> where they have a film festival, and I forget why there's a film festival or, or you know, whatever. And like one of the movies is is like just like this really artsy movie with like Barney just being drunk on a couch, which is hilarious in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Burns hires S- Senor Stefan Spielbergo to direct his movie because he couldn't get Steven Spielberg to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a whole thing. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. No. Uh, we decided we we kind of wanted to take a different road. Um. And 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 you know not necessarily talking about a movie and so here we are um talking about probably one of the most famous directors of all time if not most famous at least one of the most prolific um and one of the most prolific producers um i think he's been doing it since uh, 1963 so you know we're coming up on 60 years of spielberg movies there you go which is insane that box set's got to be huge. <laughs> right. Uh, the digital one's a lot smaller. Yeah. Well, it always is. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny, but it was. All right. Uh, it's born on December 18th, 1946. Almost said debuted on. Uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, his mother, uh, Leah, was a restaurateur and concert pianist, and his father, Arnold, was an electrical engineer. Uh, His grandparents were European Jews who came to America in the 1900s. His grandparents, I don't believe, were specifically fleeing, um, you know, the Holocaust. 
uh, but his family, you know, did lose several relatives and it's a big part of his sort of, uh, you know, growing up is talking with his family and, and understanding that family trauma and stuff. Yeah. Um, Spielberg himself was targeted by anti-Semitic bullying growing up. Um, you know, he moved, he moved around a lot. Oh, I say a lot. I think it was like three or four times. He moved from Cincinnati to Jersey and then to Arizona. Um, yeah, all before the age of like 12. So, uh, I, I would, I would assume that, that, you know, being the new kid a lot wasn't a fun experience either. Probably not. Uh, he made, he made his first movie at the age of 12. Um, a train wreck of his toy trains. Uh, I didn't get any information on how long that that movie was. I assume it's pretty short. Probably. Uh, in 1963, he wrote and directed his first independent film that got a one-night theatrical, theatrical screening called Firelight. It, was, it had a $600 budget and was funded by his father. Never even heard of it. Yeah, I, I don't know that a lot, a lot of people have. Um, he, apparently he wasn't really great in, in school. He didn't have great grades in, in high school, mainly cause he couldn't be bothered to care. He was more into, you know, making movies and, and sort of pursuing his, his art love. Um, he applied to USC, but was rejected. He then applied and went and enrolled at uh, CSU Long Beach, uh, where he did college things, I guess. I don't know. Um, he but, did but among the things. things. Yeah, he did college things. Directed, you know, was, was learned about directing and 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 movies and movie structure and stuff, and and um, you know, started making you know little films and, and screening. I don't know about screening around town, but but you know, getting interest from from studios. Um, he eventually signed a seven picture or seven year contract with Universal. Um, and so when when he did that, he dropped out of college and started directing full time. I think one of his first uh, TV director things was a uh, uh, Twilight Zone segment or some sort of Rod Sterling produced uh, TV hmm. thing. Um, uh, after, after, after doing TV shows for a little bit, as you, as you would expect, I think he did an episode of Columbo and, and, and a few other you know popular TV shows at the time. Uh, they decided to sign him to a television uh, film d- uh, deal in which he directed three movies, uh, Duel, Something Evil, and Savage. Um, and then after that, they said, here, why don't you try this movie about a shark? And uh, the rest is history. That's the end of our episode. Thank you for participating, Andrew. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> um, but what, what, what I wanted to do was kind of go through his... Um, uh, filmography sort of by decade and just kind of touch on the movies. I, it's, it's such, you know, like I said earlier, it's such a prolific thing that it's really hard to, um, to, to understate, you know, the, 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 the enormity of a lot of these. And then, um, looking into Steven Spielberg, he's just kind of had a, a regular old life, you know? I mean, there's, there's a lot that he's doing on the producing side and stuff, but as far as you know, celebrity gossip and stuff. A one, one that's not a thing I want to get into. And B, it seems to just kind of be like a private dude. Yeah, so, great, good. Um, like we mentioned earlier, his first film was called Firelight. Um, uh, was screened in his hometown, and uh, you know, kind of gave him that 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 
taste of success that he wanted, you know, and then he did uh, those television movies that we talked about. And then, and then he, then he went and directed Jaws. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't watch Jaws until I think I was in high school because it was just really scary to me. Yeah, I didn't see it until I was a teenager just because I wasn't allowed to watch movies that were scary. Yeah. I was uh, a sheltered there. child. <laughs> I remember that about you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Jaws was such a groundbreaking film and, and so much went wrong in that movie. If you, if you haven't like heard of or looked up the history of, of, you know, the production of Jaws, you really should. Like it's, it's, it's pretty amazing that that movie got, you know, completed and as was as good as it was. Um, I know they had problems with like the shark when they originally made it, like absorbed a bunch of water and got heavy as shit. Yeah. Um, they had, you know, problems with the animatronics. They had just all, all sorts of shit went wrong in that movie, but they got it made. They got it released. And, you know, uh, sharks haven't been left alone since. Which I'm pretty sure that the, the author of Jaws has since been like, uh, that sucks. Uh, and has dedicated, it seems to have dedicated his life to, to promoting positive messages about sharks. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yep. Lots of stuff um, I didn't know. Well, there you go. After after Jaws kind of came Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, I've never seen that movie. I remember seeing it when I was like a young kid. And I just remember as a kid thinking it was boring. <laughs> like, I'm sure that somebody showed it to me at one point, like in daycare or whatnot. Um, but I don't remember a thing about it. I remember when, uh, uh, was it Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull came out and they're like, Oh yeah, it's the aliens from third close encounters of the third kind. Mm -hmm. They look brand new to me. So I don't know. I think that was just somebody making a joke. Oh, okay. Well, well, there you go. Um, (laughs) and then to round out the seventies, he made a film called 1941, um, that I don't know anything about. I have also not seen this movie. Actually, I might've seen this movie. I'm going to look um, it up live on the all show. Right, you do that. Do it. Uh, I assume it's a movie about, you know, World War II. It's a comedy with uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, okay. That sounds like a movie I'd like anyway. Christopher Lee's in it. Yeah. Got a pretty Next good time on Cinema Row. <laughs> yeah, we'll do 1941. I mean... We probably should do something next time. Something. We'll figure it out. I'm yeah. Sure. Um, well, let's get into the, let's get into the eighties. Um, I think for me, the eighties and nineties are sort of classic Spielberg and I, and really for a lot of people, I assume, but yeah, um, it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's again, it's hard to understate the, 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 the enormity of, of the movies that he made in the 80s, starting with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, the first, the first Indiana Jones movie, a collaboration with George Lucas. It's one of the scarier movies in the series. Um, 
I don't know. I guess maybe Temple of Doom is also kind of scary, but Nazi face melting is pretty scary. The one that got me was in Last Crusade with with the turning into a skeleton whenever he drinks from the the cup. Oh uh, yeah, you have chosen poorly, or he chose poorly, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, that like gave me nightmares. <laughs> That's just me when somebody reminds me that the, you know. How old you are? 2001 was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after Raiders of the Lost Ark came E.T. Uh, which, again, what a movie. Um, it's, I'm going to say that about every movie pretty much. but What a movie. It's, uh, I E.T. was such an integral part of, of like, my childhood. I, I've seen that movie so many times. And, like, it's one of those movies that I've seen so many times that, like, the middle of it's boring as shit. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that movie's kind of boring. <laughs> like, as soon as, I guess, it's the CDC or whatever shows up and starts, like, cordoning off the house, I'm like, all right, I'm out. We saw the good parts of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um... After that, he directed a segment in the Twilight Zone movie uh, called Kick the Can. And then came uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The color purple was after that, which is, again, a, 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 at this point, it's it's a quintessential, like, I suppose, American experience movie, right? Yeah. Um. But then he returned to sort of more kid-friendly affair with the Goonies, um, which I was talking to Kristen about that the other day. She's like, no, nah, I don't think I've ever seen the Goonies, or maybe she's seen it like once or whatever. No, really? Like, have, have you only seen that movie like once? Yeah, that's a, a movie I watch maybe once every year, once every other year. That's a good one. Like, uh, what's what's one eyed Willie? Yep, is, is the worst pirate name, by the way. One eyed Willie, great, great pirate name. That's an awful pirate name, but I mean, that's got what Sean Astin, um, that one guy who played Thanos. Yep, you got Thanos. Yeah, it's just, just Thanos. Yep, that's his that, name. That's the new limited edition. Um, Josh Brolin, enhanced edition. That's his name. Josh Brolin. Uh, Corey Feldman's in it. Yeah, Corey Feldman's in it. Um, that one guy, the blonde kid. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Is that his name? Jeff Cohen. I don't know. That one kid. <laughs> that one kid. Jeff Cohen was chunk. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff. Martha Plimpton was in that movie? Mm-hmm. Nice. She was like 12. Not really. Uh, who else is in that movie? There's somebody that I'm thinking of that I cannot think of, of their fucking name right now. I don't know. Ah, uh, Joey Pants is in that movie. Joey Pants. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't know who I was thinking of. Oh, well, whatever. Uh, after Goonies, then you got another movie that I lost. Uh, Empire of the Sun with uh, Christian Bale. One, I think one of Christian Bale's first movies. Uh, 
don't know. I saw that once when I was like in high school and it was okay. I've never seen that movie. Wow. It's also got wow. Joey Pants in it. Nice. I like that guy. Uh, I don't know anything about him on a personal level other than I, you know, I just, I like, I like the movies that he's in. Um, and I like his character in bad boys. Uh, Indiana Jones and last crusade came out after empire of the sun, uh, which kind of finished off that trilogy. And, and, and to be honest, probably should have been the end of the Indiana Jones movies, but we're getting a fifth one soon. So yeah, we are. And then, uh, rounding out the eighties, you've got the movie always. Never um, heard of it. Never, ever heard of it. Um, and then you get into the 90s where you've got just a fucking insane list of movies. It, it's a shorter list. We got Hook. Yep. Great. Which I, great movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch that movie on repeat, to be honest with you. That movie is a Christmas movie for us. It is. It is a Christmas movie. Yep. Um, is, is it, so it's on your list of like your Christmas rotation. It's on our Christmas rotation. Yep. So we watch it every year around Christmas. That's exciting. I might have to do that. Not a bad idea. Um, and then came Jurassic Park and I wanted to spend a minute on Jurassic Park. Okay. Because holy shit. Um, well, other than the fact that like my girlfriend is insane for Jurassic Park. And so I hear about it all the time. Um, just another groundbreaking movie that, you know, pushed movies forward. Right. And and I think that's, that's, that's where I, when I talk about how impactful these movies are, a lot of them pushed movies forward and, and, and changed sort of directing and, um, animatronics you know, and CG. Yeah. It changed everything. Originally in Jurassic Park, they were going to use um, stop motion. Like Phil Tippett was was hired to do the stop motion um, and basically through they, they they didn't get the they didn't get the weren't getting the look that they were they were looking for and the realism that they wanted with the movie. Um, and so one of the guys uh, uh, was like, hey, you know what? I think I can do this in my computer. And they're like, okay, whatever. And so basically he did, uh, did it, did, uh, you know, just a brief, you know, couple of seconds or whatever of the T-Rex running during, during the T-Rex chase. Uh, and, uh, when, when he showed that to, to, to Spielberg and to the producers, um, they basically said, can we do the whole movie like this? <laughs> and, and. Uh, you know, and, and, and Phil Tippett was a little, you know, uh, upset by it. Cause you know, it's, it's a you know, new fangled thing that was, that was happening and, and potentially, and, and, and ended up did leading to like a replacement of, of a medium, you know, stop motion, stop being a thing at that point. For the most um, part. Yeah. For the most part. Right. You know, I think after that, you still had like nightmare before Christmas came out the walls and Gromit movies, but as far as being, you know, an integral portion of, of, big blockbuster movies it was, it was it was more or less dead um and then just the uh, the soundtrack in that movie um the way that they blended uh practical effects with the cg effects 
Um, and, and, and another, another movie where, where shit started to go wrong. Um, and, and returning to a theme, the original T-Rex, uh, in the rain started getting too heavy for the animatronics because the, the, the foam in on the, on the T-Rex head was absorbing the water from the set. So, so they had to like cover it between takes and like try and drop it out. And they're like wringing water out of it and shit. <laughs> try and drop the weight. Yeah. Oh man. What yep. a great fucking movie. I remember seeing that behind the scenes, uh, for Jurassic park. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's funny too. Cause now I think these days you think about Jurassic park and it's, you think that it's family friendly, right? Yeah. But the original Jurassic Park was very much not friendly, family friendly. Um, it was, it was, it was dark. It was scary. It was violent. You know, you had the lawyer getting like ripped in half. It's just, holy crap. Yeah. But, uh, but the sheer cultural impact of Jurassic Park is, is really hard to, again, understate. Um, and then, you know, uh, Jurassic Park came out the same year as his, his next director, uh, directed movie, which was Schindler's List, a, you know, fun comedy rom. Not at all a heavy subject. Yeah, I would not, I wouldn't put it that way, but if you want to, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Schindler's List. I think I've seen that movie probably three times now. Yeah, I, I had to watch it, it once in school, and I think I watched it a couple times since. I think I watched it twice. It's a hard movie. It's it's a real hard movie to watch. Um, but I I really respect and and enjoy the stylistic choice of of you know a black and white movie with with you know a single pop of color. I I thought that was uh, really inspired. Um, and I think it was an important movie to, that, that needed to be made. I think it's a movie that, uh, you know, w- w- you know, like we talked about earlier, was kind of near and, and dear to, to Spielberg and his family. Yeah. Um, you know, having lost so much in the Holocaust. And um, it's, it's, there's a lot to say about Schindler's List, and, I, and I'm having a hard time really, really coming up with the, with the proper, proper gravitas for it. Um, as, as a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, you, you really should go check it out. It is worth a watch for sure. Um, and then, uh, the follow-up to Schindler's list was the lost world Jurassic park, which is okay. I don't think it holds up particularly well. Um, but it's okay. Yeah. It's an RA movie. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I, mm, nice. I start having problems with that movie when they get back to like San Diego and you have a T-Rex stomping around San Diego. Yeah. That's kind of where it gets not, not super great. Yeah. I think, uh, I think all the rest of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies have learned from that and have kept the action on, you know, the islands. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe the new, uh, Jurassic World movie will go back to the city. Um, the follow after Lost World, he went on and to direct Amistad, uh, which is another movie that I was required to watch in high school. Um, never seen it. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Pretty good movie. 
Uh, you know, I, I have a hard time saying that any movie that Steven Spielberg made has been like just straight up bad. Right. I can't really think of any that have been bad. No. And then, uh, you know, swinging for the fences, uh, here to round out the nineties, Steven Spielberg probably made probably one of the most famous war movies of all time. And, and one of the most realistic, uh, definitely the most realistic up to that point. Right. Yeah. Uh, in saving private Ryan. Uh, there, you know, you have sort of anecdotal reports of, of veterans going to see that movie, um, and, and, you know, not being okay after the opening scene. Yeah. Um, I remember like reading about people having flashbacks during the opening scene of that movie. Yeah. Uh, a young Vin Diesel is in that movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I liked his character in that movie. I don't, it, it, when I like, I I started loving Vin Diesel like when when Pitch Black came out. Yeah. Um, and I watched Saving Private Ryan, uh, and I was like, oh hey, look, it's Vin Diesel, and and then you know he like eats it like thirty minutes into the movie. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> well, thanks for spoiling the movie. About yeah, Vin you're Diesel. welcome. I hope you haven't seen it. Um. <laughs> oh. Saving Private Ryan is, is, is such a good movie. Um, it's, 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 it's pretty long. Isn't it like three hours? I don't know. No. Well, maybe it feels like it's three hours, but, uh, is, is, is really good. It's a nice look into, into World War Two, and, and it, um, it sort of segues naturally into one of the things that, that, um, that Steven Spielberg produced, which was, um, Band of Brothers. Yeah, right? that's the name of the HBO show. Yep. Yeah, that was a good show. Um. Yeah, and that's a really good show. And and you know what? In this episode, we're not even really getting into you know what what Steven Spielberg produced, um, because that list is is enormously long. Um. Yeah, we're not gonna. Uh, yeah. Saving Private hey, Ryan dude. was two hours and forty nine minutes long. So almost three yep. hours. Yeah. See, there you go. And, um. But I did, I did want to mention Band of Brothers because it's it's one of the more famous things that 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 you know he's associated with uh, producing, um, you know, along with the follow up um, about the the Pacific Theater and I forget the name of it. Um, Isn't it just? But apparently they're doing a third one. I thought it was just Band of Brothers with like Pacific Coast or something. I don't remember. I don't know. No. I don't know why I'm talking. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I keep wanting to calling it Pacific Rim, but I know that's not it. Yep, he did. He produced P- Pacific Rim. He, you know what? At this point, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, he produced Pacific Rim. Uh, but but you know, I it's it's I I like um I like the touch that he brings to it because there's. There, I don't know. Spielberg's just such a great storyteller that when he does something like 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 a a war movie or a war series, there's a lot of of you know um, empathy, I suppose. A lot of um, a lot of emotion, a lot of great character interaction, great character um, and, development, and character development. Thank you. Um, and it's just, it's, 
I don't know. It's is really good to 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 see. I guess I don't know. I you don't ready? Know what I'm trying to say about that. You ready to be embarrassed? No. The show yes. is called The Pacific. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Should have known. <laughs> but, um, and I I'll be honest. I didn't get through all the Pacific. I think I got through like four or five episodes, maybe. I um, only saw Band of Brothers like in pieces. Yeah, I. I started Band of Brothers and then like bailed on it after a couple episodes and then went back to it like two or three years later and watched it, you know, all the way through. Yeah. And even watching it, I was like, you know, this is pretty good. It's enjoyable. I'll keep watching it. And then episode nine hit where they start or where they liberate that concentration camp. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh, okay, no, this is amazing. Holy shit. Yeah. That was, uh, it was a very impactful episode of, of that show. Um, all right, well, let's get into two thousands, uh, which I feel is a completely different flavor of Spielberg than, than the nineties and the eighties. Um, cause you started out with AI, which is a boring as shit movie. Um, I don't know. I like that movie. It's okay. It's okay. Like I enjoy, I'll tell you what, I think that if it had ended when, like, he's just waiting for the blue fairy or whatever at the bottom of the ocean, yeah, like, okay, that'd be fine. But then there's, like, another 30 minutes with, like, aliens and shit, and I, just, I, was, I was done. At, the, at that point, I was done with that movie. To be, to be fair, it has been a very long time since I've seen that movie, but I remember liking it the first time I watched it. Yeah, like the... Um, Whatever it is, the the circus or or you know where they're like grinding up robots and firing them out of cannons and shit. Yeah, like that was really neat. Uh, you know the story of David when he was he, like his his little family and then they dumped him. That was really sad. Um, you know it's got a lot of different vignettes that are really enjoyable. It just it uh, I I think the last one was just a miss for me and it, it made the movie feel too long. Yeah. Um, after that came Minority Report, uh, which is, is, is still a fantastic movie. I think I watched that one probably two or three years ago. Um, it's been a little while for me. Loved it. Um, but I'm a sucker for a Tom Cruise movie, so, you know. Well, I'm not, but I did like Minority (laughs) Minority Report. I don't like, dislike Tom Cruise. I just, I don't go seek out his movies. Did you watch the TV show that was on Fox? I did not. Was no. it any good? It's pretty good. It's a nice little follow-up. Nice. Um, after that was Catch Me If You Can. Love that. Uh, Love that movie. The the movie that was is completely made up. Still a great movie, man. Have you have you heard about this? No. So, it's been proven. Uh, since that movie came out. It's been proven with like like verifiable like timeline things that couldn't have happened. Um, that Frank Abagnale pretty much made up the entire story, and has just been selling this false story about his life for you know fifty years or whatever. Uh, so much so that they made a movie out of it. <laughs> Still a but, great movie, man. Great story. No, it is. It's a great movie. Um, I think Tom Hanks's character in that is fantastic. That's also a Christmas movie. Is it? Yeah, he calls Tom Hanks on every Christmas. 
Right, and he does it like enough. three or four times during the movie. When he gets arrested, it's during Christmas. <laughs> oh man, one time I was on a work call and uh so wait, there was just like a lull in the conversation or whatever, and we were waiting up for somebody to join and somebody's like, Do you have any jokes? And I went, knock knock. <laughs> Nobody else got it, and so I had to explain the whole thing and then it got embarrassing, but yeah, whatever. It sounds like explaining <laughs> jokes usually gets embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, after the terminal came War of the Worlds, uh, another Tom Cruise movie. Well, we just skipped the terminal, but oh shit! I well, I was thinking about Tom Hanks, and I was like, oh yeah, he was in the terminal. Next movie, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I saw the terminal in the theaters. It's a uh, it's a really entertaining movie. I thought that again, it's it's Tom Hanks. He always brings a lot of 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 uh, empathy to to a character. Yeah. Um and I felt so bad for for his character in that movie the, the like the entire movie. Yeah. That was a good movie. Yeah. Um after the terminal came War of the Worlds uh with Tom Cruise, Dakota Fanning, uh some whiny teenage kid. I don't know who that was. I don't either. I didn't really like that like that movie that much. Um, yeah, well, that's cuz it wasn't a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It was okay. It had a lot of tense moments, but there were some some things I had issue with. Like I think, like his uh, at one point his kid goes running to fight the to fight the aliens or whatever, and then like there's a wall of fire, but then he's still fine in the end. Yeah. Well, that's normal. Like what? Yeah, it's totally normal. It's not real fire. Uh, well, yeah, no, it's CG fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh after war of the worlds came munich uh an eric bana movie st- uh about the uh, i forget who it was i think it's an israeli Amer- uh olympic team that was like kidnapped and, and killed in the uh i don't know the 60s or something 70s maybe 1972 yeah there you go um i didn't i watched like the beginning of that movie uh i rented it from blockbuster one time I have not seen this movie. I might have seen this movie. Um, and then after that came Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where Harrison Ford, excuse me, Indiana Jones survives a nuclear blast in a refrigerator somehow. Yep, that's normal. That's absolutely normal. Uh, not only that, but he's able to get inside a fridge in the 40s and get out of it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Right. I'm pretty sure they didn't put in um uh the the requirements for refrigerator doors to be magnetic until like the 60s or 70s. Um because kids were getting stuck inside the refrigerator and dying. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a whole fucking social thing that happened and they're like no, no, no. It happened. Indiana Jones could totally do that. Um, so not a great way to end the aughts, but you know, uh, who knows? I, I don't think he's directing the fifth Indiana Jones movie and that's probably for the best at this point. Let's just leave that alone. Well, um, let's find out. Keep going and I'll let you know. All right. Getting into the 2010s, you got the adventures of 1010, which was a really good movie. Um, it was, it was, it was highly entertaining. Um, uh, I want to say, isn't that the one one that Peter Jackson worked on too? 
Or am I thinking uh something else? I don't know. I never saw The Adventures of Tintin. Uh, Another movie I never saw. Did you see Rin Tin Tin, Canine Cop? I did not. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Andy Serkis does voices, so I assume that uh, Peter Jackson was involved. What did Peter Jackson do? Uh, I mean, he made the Hobbit movies. No, I mean, what did he do in that movie? I don't know. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, he produced it. Oh, okay. Um, after the adventures of Tintin came War Horse, uh, which I think would be better if it was Horse War. Um, but I didn't see that movie, so I don't know. Maybe it was a good movie. <laughs> oh, did you watch War Horse? I did not, but a little bit of news for you. The horse from War Horse recently died. Aw. Yeah. Rest in peace, buddy. Uh, after War Horse came Lincoln, which, uh, again, really good movie. I still uh, haven't I, seen it. I mean, I keep meaning to. Uh, you should you should watch it. Uh, I think. Yeah, no, I was going to say um, having what's her face. Sally Field as Mary Todd Lincoln was was a bit distracting for whatever reason for me. Because um, you were just so overall, aroused the entire time. Well, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Um, no, uh, is uh, it was a really interesting study of the, la- of the last few months of Lincoln's life and the toll that the civil war took on him and, yeah, you know, trying to, trying to knit the country back together. And it is, is, is really well done. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is, it's, it's hard to really criticize any of Daniel Day-Lewis's performance. You can criticize his methods. You know, he goes to some extremes. Yeah. Uh, that I don't think uh, a lot of his uh, co-workers appreciated. My wife in, in does not like areas. Daniel Day-Lewis because of his acting methods. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was reading something today about how he, like, uh, for for some movie where he's playing um, a handicapped person, he forced the, the crew to, like, spoon-feed him, or he just wouldn't eat. Like... Yeah, there's 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 method acting and then there's overboard, right? Yeah. Um, following Lincoln, you had another Tom Hanks movie, Bridge of Spies, uh, which I never saw. It was it was a good movie. Yeah, that's another Tom Hanks movie, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. I get that one confused with Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy with Gary Oldman. They both came out around the same time. Weird. Hmm. I've never even heard uh, of that of the Gary Oldman one. Really? Oh, that's a pretty yeah. good movie. Uh, after Bridge of Spies, you had the BFG, Big Fucking Giant, or Big Friendly Giant, I think is what it actually is. Yeah, Big uh, big Fucking Roald, Gun. Big Fucking Gun, yeah. Uh, based on a Roald Dahl book. Um, after that, you have the post about the Washington Post uh, breaking some story. I forget which story it was. Uh, the Panama Papers, maybe. Another no, that was more recent. Another Tom Hanks movie. Oh yeah, the Pentagon Papers. That's what it was. Um, in the nineteen forties, nineteen fifties, something like that. Uh, but that was uh, Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep. Uh, inherited uh the post from her 
father or grandfather um and you know being a a, a woman in charge of anything in you know before 1990 or whatever uh had a hard time you know everybody thought she was doing it wrong ah it placed it took place in 1966 sorry about that okay um but uh i i thought i thought meryl streep in that movie was was really great um you know and did did a great portrayal of of you know having to walk that line between you know being you know assertive but also you know having people listen to her because you know again it's it's that sort of misogynistic thing where when a woman is is assertive you know people think that she's like awful is, yeah. is the best word I can come up with uh which isn't fair or correct um and and I thought that like I said Meryl Streep did did a great job in 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 that movie um and then finally the his last movie of the 2010s was uh Ready Player 1 which I still have not seen it's a it's an okay movie I I yeah. I haven't is read it, the book so I can't speak on the difference between the movie and the book but of course, people that have read the book have told me that the movie is fucking garbage. <laughs> so. Right? Uh, yeah, I read the book and decided to skip the movie because people said it was trash garbage if you've read the book. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, you said it's it's an okay movie. Like, um, But again, I, entertaining? I have not read the book. It, it is entertaining. I will say that the, the one thing that... um that people that I know of that were upset about was like the, the main girl in the movie in the book, she's supposed to be like unattractive. Yeah. 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 And in the movie, they just like gave an attractive person like a face scar and they're like, look how ugly she is now. She has a face scar. (laughs) Like, and that was, (laughs) that was it. And so I knew a bunch of people that were like, this is bullshit. Like she's not supposed to, she's not supposed to have like a face scar. She's supposed to be, actually like unattractive right you gotta and and i and i assume that they they just got an an attractive actress and put and put a face guard like you said but you know and not even in a you know like quote-unquote hollywood ugly right like just yeah just a pretty girl with a face guard like come on yep um, which I don't know maybe maybe that's mean to cast them you know to be like do a casting call for ugly persons only or something but well you know they could have also just hired like a an actress that's in Hollywood and done like prosthetics or something like sure something I don't know um and then finally we get into the 2020s of which there's only been like a, I guess two years uh so really we've only got West Side Story and I have not seen that one yet I haven't either I've heard it's good me too um, and that is every movie directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, with brief thoughts. Yeah, we did it. Uh, we did it. Do you have, do you have any, I suppose, final thoughts about, you know, Steven Spielberg in general and his influences and, and, and legacy, I guess. Um, I mean, for me, he was one of the first directors that I actually knew their name. Mm-hmm. Um, so like as a kid, I'm terrible with names for anyone that doesn't know, which is probably everybody. (laughs) Um, like I don't remember actors names or actresses names. 
I don't really remember most directors' names, um, but his was the first one that I actually learned because of the amount of movies that I was watching that he had done. Um, and I think that was what was significant for me as a child, was just, um, this guy's done a lot of the movies that I like to watch. Yep. Uh, that's, that's, that's a good thought. No, um, the, the, I, I guess, you know, talking about Steven Spielberg's legacy, um, and I just realized that I've been spelling his name wrong all of this, which is fine. It's, nobody it's, nobody it's, can see it. Yeah, nobody can see it. I'm just tattling on myself. Um, the legacy of, Steve, uh, of Steven Spielberg is, is really hard to um, sort of nail down because, you know, again, a lot of his movies were, were so formative in the industry that everything that's come after it has been influenced by it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like we talked about Jurassic Park, Jaws was the same way. Um, you know, Jaws was one of the first big like summer blockbuster movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and now summer blockbuster movies are the only kind of movies. They're just year round at this point. They just shove them in your face. That's not um, true. There are, there are non blockbuster movies that are out there. Yeah, uh, fewer and fewer of them in the theaters, though, which kind of sucks. Uh, you have, you have movies like super eight, uh, which Steven Spielberg produced, uh, was done by, um, that one guy who does a lot of stuff, JJ Abrams. Yeah. Uh, and it was his tribute to Steven Spielberg, uh, eighties movies. Still never seen super eight. I need to, uh, it's that, that's a really good, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, we didn't, we didn't even talk about that. He founded, you know, Amblin entertainment, right? I don't even know what that is. His movie production company. Oh, okay. You know, the one with like the logo with like ET in it on the moon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, which has produced like a bajillion movies. Um, just to name a couple that aren't directed by, by Steven Spielberg, Poltergeist, Gremlins. Back to the Future, uh, An American Tale, Harry and the Hendersons, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Land Before Time, I guess all the Back to the Futures and Gremlins movies, Arachnophobia, uh, just, like, again, Spielberg has produced a lot of movies through Amblin. Yeah. Um, yeah, Men in Black is on this list. Sorry, I'm going through this list now. Um, yeah, that's. That that gives you a good chunk. It gives you an idea of again how influential in the industry one per one single person has been. Like, if Steel, Steven Spielberg hadn't been born, movies in Hollywood would be way poorer for it. They'd be definitely way different. Yeah, it, it definitely would. Um, but I guess that kind of wraps it up. Uh, that's you know almost an hour of us just rattling off like movies that one person directed, which is fucking insane. Um. So we hope you enjoyed this. Like I said, it's a little different. Um, let us know if you enjoyed it. Let us know if you didn't. Let us know if you want to do want us to do more stuff like this. You know, we'd be happy to hear uh, from you. Um, you can always rate and review us on iTunes. You can check us out at uh, cinemarogues.podbean.com and, and leave us a comment there. Um, uh, hell, you can check out the Retro Warriors YouTube and leave a comment on a Retro Warriors video about Cinema Rogues. I'm sure we'll love it. Yeah, we'll uh, find one it. One of these days, I'll get back. One of these days I'll get back to uploading those videos, but uh, 
it's been more work than I want to do lately. So haven't done it. Uh, so that's it. We're going to get out of here. Um, join us next time. We're going to talk about, uh, the mummy, the 1999 film, uh, starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel uh, Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Thank you. I was, I was just going to say that one lady and feel really bad about it. <laughs> One. I uh, like how I'm like I don't remember actors' names, and then I'm just like, yeah, yeah. So you, you would, now we just know you're a liar. It's fine. It's true. Yeah, I'm just a big old liar. Uh, anyway, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, join us next time, and um, I don't know, have a good couple weeks. Yep. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye.